You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Patrick. Joe. Good afternoon. So this is a rare um, afternoon edition, isn't it? So it is a rare afternoon edition. We've had a few, but we're doing it again and it's sounding all right. Yeah. I'm yeah. back. I had the spicy cough. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you. No, no. I've managed to avoid the uh, yeah COVID. Um, I guess kind of three point three point zero. Mm. So so far, um, I did try to give it to you. We had a smooch. You did. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you tried your best, but um, I, yeah. I fought it off. I the fought shield. it off. Yeah, the shield of easy cold. Yeah. Just kept it back. <laughs> Yeah, for everyone kind of listening along. So, I've got a bit of a thing with um, easy colds, as I call them, but they're actually called ease a cold. Um, But I call them easy colds. I basically start taking them in June and I probably stop (laughs) taking them in September. So, that's why he sounds peppery more than most. (laughs) (laughs) Fights everything off and probably have better ideas. Yeah. 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 So, get to Joe. Yeah. Wintertime. Australian wintertime. Don't remember much, but yeah, the old easy colds. The old easy colds. And pardon me, I jumped one of our first convo when we started this convo series mm. when I was in the back end of ACAST where our podcast lives. They mm. jumped to the top, now they're back to the bottom. So excuse anyone who wondered what the hell was going on there. <laughs> yeah. Was that during your COVID stupor or what, what Just happened Just my there? stupor. <laughs> Just <your> stupor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it was just one of those mishaps that happened. Mm. But uh, I yeah. think you got a few people up to speed, so you That's can good. thank me later. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But today, today we wanted to talk and lead in and sort of close this ecosystem mm. um, and, and look at, I suppose, communicating to capture value and a bit of branding in that mix as well mm. and how to do that within the ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. And... So, I guess coming back to kind of where where we left off, what when you start to think of it through communication, yeah, part of that is that in a in an ecosystem, is that the the communication there's probably three different rings to it. So the first is how do you actually kind of frame up what the ecosystem actually is, which typically is about some level of integrated way that you work together so you know that can be as loose as in partnership Mm. or it can kind of be as formal as you get the kind of you know the microsoft kind of approved kind of vendor style of stuff so it's at the outer ring it's very much around how you say that this is an ecosystem that can working work together salesforce is another great example of that Mm -hmm. um zero and these kind of SaaS platforms that that tend to do that um the next level down and kind of communicating across the ecosystem then tends to be about like a shared level of expertise. So in terms of the, you know, again, just taking the example of uh, a Microsoft or a SaaS or even, you know, like, I mean, bunning suppliers, you'll have different groups based on categorization. So kind of how people actually support one another, et cetera. And then underneath that, I think where it gets really interesting is then you actually get, how are you different as part of all of that so if you imagine you've got to meet the criteria of like do you belong here are you approved to be part of this ecosystem what typology do you sit in and then how in part of that typology are you actually different Mm -hmm. and that's where it kind of starts to get into things like kind of how brand actually works inside those those ecosystems for sure and i really want to get your genius brand perspective on this new ecosystem where it's a lot more loose Mm. <laughs> <And> it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah very tech stack and it's very like yeah. it is very loose in there i think the players in there 
the affiliation is is even looser in terms of the accreditation, but it also has a lot mm. of merit. And to be honest, it's building tomorrow's future. It is. It so is. it's uh, it's like a more. <laughs> I think it'll form into a definite, more traditional idea of an ecosystem and how they work and who orientates, who gives license, how that's received. But at the moment, it's very loose, and I think that's where communication is super. Yeah, super crucial in terms of not only capturing that value but defining what it is to begin with. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and you know, I guess like in, like just to kind of define that a bit more. I guess you were talking about kind of like tech stack in the sense of that there's things that go through that. So you could say like crypto broadly is kind of like a tech stack kind of built built well, on blockchain, like a- but also then other solutions. Yeah, that kind of come like through. The, so so for for like. Future web platforms where it goes from one sort of server providing majority of information, it's many different servers mm. providing that sort yep. of service. I'm with you. What that actually looks like. So there's someone who has to store, there's someone who has to send, there's like all these different mm. players along there. And yep. an ecosystem is being able to build on top of that and knowing who you are in that ecosystem and how you can provide value to these yep. others. And then it's a bit like... Well, if you're with them, we'll build with you, we'll build with you. And you're sort of building literally this online ecosystem and learning off one another. That's where open source becomes so key. And that's where an ecosystem, if they have open channels of communication, Hmm. the whole system moves a lot smoother and actually evolves together. And you get that whole idea of an ecosystem there because um, the different minnows, the different whales, the different things that are swimming or moving in there really add value in different ways. But the key is for people to actually learn and implement um, and and what that looks like. But branding in that space is pretty unclear as well. And it's very (laughs) unique um, to the individual, which in it, I'd love to get your perspective on it because in a way it's quite beautiful, but in another way, it's very confusing sometimes. Yeah. And I think... I mean, that's that's exactly, I think, how every ecosystem kind of um, starts. So, like, if you take a, a natural kind of worldview of that, typically ecosystems, when they're growing, there's kind of, or, you know, in a technology sense, you would talk about disruption or kind of like ideas that are kind of scaling against legacy businesses, et cetera, or kind of like a new normal that's emerging out of out of something. But what happens in that is if really there's kind of these breakthrough moments, but what they're doing in those moments, and I think from a branding perspective, what you have to look at is what are the codes and what are the kind of the, the distinctive ways and what is the kind of the DNA of these types of companies that are starting starting to emerge. So in kind of like web 3.0, when like, I mean, you're much more in that world than, than I am, but what you know kind of what are the codes that start start to emerge so in terms of even if you look at kind of um you know back to kind of like silicon valley kind of in the early oos really the kind of the codes of all of that was about kind of you know the kind of the scale to monopoly and kind of the idea that we're going to build these kind of meta kind of platforms and pardon meta um but kind of then talk to universal human ideals whereas now when you look at 3.0 it is not that it's much more specialized niche etc well the code is very much share open learn together build the future Mm. that's very much the code and it's no not know your lane but like really own your lane own your lane and Mm. and but also work with people in there like it is it is another code that comes through there is very much because a lot of it is at least the last 
bit of this, I think it's going to change as we're in the bear, mm. but it's really around what is your pa- like it's very much centered around passion like how to direct that passion i think that's sometimes where things get a bit confusing for people because yeah. no one everyone's coming old world what does that look like new world and so these this coding around when you get indoctrinated into it it's like what do you want to do to here and it's <laughs> like everyone's used to being able to actually provide value what that is and find meaning and mm. all the others but then the code is to build on top of that and that's where it gets a bit Confusing. That's why I really wanted to talk about hmm. communicating to capture value because that's when you really see in these ecosystems, the ones that are thriving are communicating about how they're providing value to the other systems in there, the other ecosystems in there, but they're also <laughs> communicating how their stack is open or how their tech is open. Yeah, and, that's, and there's layers hmm. to openness. They're not yep. giving away IP completely. Of course. But yep. lessons and that's in terms of that collab moving forward, that's sort of the ethos behind it is, is succeed together. Yeah. And so, but that's, so if that's the culture of the time in which it started, so this idea of, you know, if you took that as the principle of kind of the culture, so of a time, so every, every business is born of its time and typically kind of its values and kind of the way that it looks to the world is, is set through the way that it competes for talent, for resources, et cetera. Mm. And in web 3.0 or kind of this more, more kind of more collaborative ecosystem it's born of a time mm. so the the most important part before you start to communicating is is try to understand that try to understand what time this is actually born of and what is the culture that's actually informed why this has has become and i think you know we these businesses and organizations have really been born out of a time of more diversity kind of more acceptance of people from wherever kind of um, you know ideas can come from anywhere as a as a kind of loose cut through for that and in saying that then it's about kind of also then their view of competition i think you know in kind of web 3.0 is less about kind of annihilating everyone or kind of and you know i mean when I went to school, it was all about being match fit and kind of being able to kind of get out there and compete. Mm. Then there was a th- kind of a pushback against that kind of through technology, which was like, oh, hey, we don't have to compete. We can just take the whole thing um, and kind of then set reset the rules. But I think what kind of in between those two things, kind of the emerging kind of businesses today are going we need to compete, but maybe we don't have to be as aggro as perhaps, you know, kind of um, when I grew up in business, you needed to be versus um, then kind of we don't have to get to that level of scale. Maybe all together we can scale to to that. And that's what I see changing is in terms of really the basis of the communication is understanding the culture that you're within. And then what is code for how we're going to progress together. And then when you start to think about the basis of good communication is you've got to be a flavor of that, but be distinct to you. And exactly. And it's that distinct part. <clears throat> and I think, I know a lot of people in the web three space would argue <clears throat> that uh, I think that the code is very much around, um, Everyone has their place. It's just finding it versus yep. compete, match fit. And mm. that's the, the change. And I yep. think it'll get ironed out or it won't or people will find their no, place. No, I, I think that is the change which is, for sure. Which is 100%. Yeah. Everyone has their place. You just got to take the time to find it. And, and the interactions that I've had with organizations in that space is, is very much that. Because mm. it, when you own your own data, even a user has a, a space in that to play. So yep. it's, it's a change and it's trying to develop that decentralized ideology further. Yep. 
So, it's so in that in that culture, Pat, like, what do you think? So the so the view of competition, I get, but then the view of the consumer or kind of the end user. So, what what do you see is different in that kind of in the in the three point zero culture? They've forgotten. No, <laughs> um, that uh, that they're as much a builder as the. In, in theory, they're a much a building player as the tech developer. Gotcha. And that they have such a role to play. So, for a marketing speak, it's like mm. they really are that user that really gives that feedback loop. And if it, the systems are de- designed correctly, they, the user, understand that they have a big role to play in the culture there. Right. In the terms hard of how to, ironing yeah. out is then how do you share value in mm. a sustainable way where things can grow and value can get distributed and a sustainable model can exist. That's yep. the trick. But people are getting very creative with that and it just means slimmer on top. Yeah, yeah, because it it just is really like Meta doesn't own the world. Like that's no, essentially, no, Jeff Bezos can't drive his ship through. No, well, every but port the, that he wants. No, they can't. And but, the sentiment's changing publicly, so it's starting to match. Yeah, but then it's just like how that will skew. Mm. I know that Web two had a very beautiful ideology at the start. Yeah. And it changed. Yeah, and but I think you know Web three or Web four or whatever is to follow really what happens i think in in these instances is if you look at kind of the basis of where the idea starts it's always born of um a time so if you look at kind of really silicon valley what made silicon valley and ultimately what's actually made the the children of silicon valley was really kind of it was hippie commune culture let's kind of come together and actually let's kind of build something that Mm. is kind of counter to what's there so even if you whatever you think of silicon valley you Mm. can extract that and go okay well, that's kind of one of the pieces and the strand of the DNA that went into this place was really kind of coming out of counterculture San Francisco, this rebellion, this want to do something extra to have the ability to push against what was there. But then also the thing that kind of is also there was the fact that they had this huge amount of government funding, you know, kind of um, jet propulsion labs, you know, the reason why it's called Silicon Valley, making the first chips, etc. all was there at the same time. So you had these two things coming together. And when I look at kind it's of web, now. yeah, but it's that's what I see. Now. But exactly. IPFS just gone into space with Lockheed Martin. Like it's, yep. it's like the space race is back on. For How sure. do you communicate up there? All this new tech needs to happen. So it's, yep, exactly. The, however you want to metaphor that, I was going to say the fire's there. Like it's ready. <laughs> yeah. But okay. like, it's probably the wrong metaphor. It's probably the wrong metaphor. But there's yeah. a lot of movement about to yeah. happen. And there's a lot of desire and a lot of yep. like, competition to yep. understand like and that's when mm. you start to feel that is who's investing yeah and but that's where it comes from right so kind of like i think the the juxtaposition or the kind of the the culture of the day to start to think about kind of the, like the the layers in the communication and where these ideas and kind of these brands will come from mm. is really about what it what's it a push against and like i think web point zero is really it's a probably a couple things it's it's a push against bigness and kind of control of systems rather than kind of control of economy and societal structure Mm. it's a push against kind of that style of approach and then i think it's also a push against like what i would call like fiddly like kind of nuisance things right so like it's you know and like what i mean by that yeah like what i what i kind of mean just to extrapolate that is kind of like it's not about just adding more utility to make it easier to sit on your sofa eat doritos and have the next bag delivered to you while you're watching your two dollar netflix or whatever you're doing yeah. it's it's actually about kind of we've got some real big 
issues to tackle. 100%. And so when you look at it through that, those cultural kind of things is that the push against, you can start to think about positioning. You can be a bit push against kind of these like little kind of, um, I guess, extravagances that perhaps we can no longer afford in a, in the context of a planet, you know, that's doing what it's doing or the context of inequality, whatever, however you want to frame that rising price of money, however you want to kind of bring that across. But if you frame it like that, then your positioning starts to be kind of really the, the basis of any good positioning is arguably one of two things. One is your own expertise and being self-referential or it's in push against something and and some act of rebellion against what's kind of already there and i think that's what when you talk about the the kind of the way to think about kind of how these um how these organizations are going to collaborate together to create value you could start to see brand constructs that are more about there's 20 of us involved in this thing but we call it alpha right because it's just kind of floating floating up but the alpha coalition has a whole bunch of little kind of players underneath it so that could be one trajectory where this starts to head is that rather than being organizations they become more like coalitions Mm. Hmm. yeah that's an interesting play and you can feel that push the one thing that i love seeing in it it is this because it's quite a new space it's old but new but Hmm. it is this it's organic push but you're seeing this uh Coalitions are formed by affiliation, yeah. And you, you, a brand is used in a very interesting way. It's brand is used by other brands to show your affiliation and allegiance to what you're trying to push. And other yeah. players read that affiliation and allegiance hmm. to be able to value judge who you are and what you're trying to push. Yeah. As much as what your spiel's written on the website hmm. and what you're saying and what you're communicating out, but understanding in that space that your positioning of who you're sitting next to, who you're talking Mm. to, who you've signed a contract with and how that looks is a huge play in how that rolls out. And then I know it goes across even just on your web tiles, like say if you've got a YouTube or you've got different where those events, who you're affiliated with has a big play, a role to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the start of that, like I kind of noticed that visual distinction in terms of kind of like the codes that started to come through really was um, the work that uh, Pentagram. So Pentagram did for MIT Labs, Mm -hmm. which is basically they just went, well, we're just going to make this an open source piece of code. And this identity, depending on what you're going to do, just changes, morphs, shifts, etc. But the whole point is that really to be part of that identity system, you just have to have the code. And so, but to have the code, you have to be part of this actual belief system around we're going to create the future together. And so that's really interesting about that that breaks most rules of of how you would want to build a brand but it's actually in 3.0 land that's that's what's happening that's That's, how you build one that's exactly how you build it and it's Mm. a weird watching them build as you observe the space and see how they've come it's exactly that and it's it's so fluid but then there's as you said and as we've said the last few episodes is there's a few big players that look to control that and people look to work within that and, and find movement but yeah it's a it's a changing space and you say it well around push back and push push here and and how it's maneuvering and what it's looking to change and what that means for the future is is bright because the main narrative that exists within the space is thinking of 10 years ahead from now and, and it is conversations that we need to have but we need to have also what's happening next year next week <laughs> cool <laughs> and then we're on that topic in terms of where we're going next week the world's getting lean whether we know it or not yeah <laughs> yeah so we were talking off here around bootstrapping what that means or what i suppose 
We love chatting about the way things change and the way things change, the way that we interact and transact. That's the basis of our conversations. Absolutely. And I think the way we change, well, you bloody hope so, the way that we change and interact with money is is on the cards right now, whether we like it or not. Like rates of borrowing money, the way we interact, what that means. And then I suppose what we value is is sort of changing as well. So I think so. Yeah. Feels like that's where we're going. Yeah. No, like, and, and that kind of, I think it's a really, it's the nice build out of kind of what, what, what comes out of this is that things that we haven't historically, like kind of, you know, we are definitely in for, um, you know, I think it's kind of, it's really the, you know, as I kind of talk about a lot at the moment, it's really the, it's the dawn of the technology age. So if you think about kind of what that actually means and you step back and then you start to look at kind of where that starts to take us. So in a technology age, why is money free so the distribution of money might be free Mm. but the cost of money maybe that should be higher maybe we haven't priced that in in a world where kind of in the technology age kind of pricing in risk around climate flooding whatever that is probably becomes something important to think about but then in the construction of how you're going to go about building your own perspective or your own company or your own startup in that is that the principles of looking at that you really have to understand the risk to then be able to create the model so i think that's kind of a nice build out of what we're talking about yeah getting under the hood the mechanics yeah in changing the tires yeah <laughs> the oil maybe yeah. even the fuel where well, is it we combustion up, engine or we, electric we might end up working at Qantas if we keep speaking like that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's Perhaps, a that's a funny yeah. thing that's happened at the moment just sidetrack is yeah. the combustion of airlines worldwide Qantas yeah. is Australian no, it's, owned it's everywhere it's, it's in Canada too don't it's worry in America yeah. it's everywhere it's, it's everywhere yeah <laughs> anyway till next week Thanks till next week today. yeah clearly the airports were held together with chewing gum and, and decades worth of experience that they um, took the opportunity to give the flick to but uh, anyway there's something to be said for experience of chaos and how to manage it 100% till next week fly safe <laughs> Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.